1: they call it a demonstration they call it a protest i call it a trade show
2: a war of words after the annual 420 rally at sunset beach park caught on camera the thief who really got his foot in the door
1: we're just really happy that our entire community has gotten behind this
2: and the push to make one of the biggest celebrations of the year in surrey more green
1: you're watching global bc this is global news hour at six
2: good evening thank you very much for joining us ten weeks that is how long the vancouver park board says it could take to fix the field at sunset beach park after yesterday's 420 event let's take a look at these pictures these are before and after images of the field forty thousand people lighting up on friday in support of everything marijuana but as Nadia Stewart now reports, those behind the controversial cannabis celebration are taking issue
3: with the amount of damage that's been left behind. Saturday morning and the post 420 cleanup continues at Sunset Beach, as does the debate over how big a mess was actually left behind.
1: There's still a lot of cigarette butts. Uh, bottles broken glass and bits of plastic it looks absolutely amazing down here it's actually i think the best cleanup we've ever done at sunset beach it looks pristine we got just about every piece of garbage
3: a record 40,000 people came out on friday organizers say cleanup began at nightfall continuing into the wee hours of the morning they hired the binners project and enlisted volunteers
4: This deck is very expensive to put down on the ground, and there's not even enough deck in town to do the whole field. We also spent about
3: $30,000 on decking, aiming to mitigate any serious damage. They dispute the park board's decision to close the area for up to 10 weeks while the lawn is rehabilitated.
5: We will actually pay for the reseeding of the grass, as we did
1: last year, and make it look all better. They said it was going to take a long time last year, and it didn't take very
4: long, and it was ready to go in a month this year to be much less time than that it's almost i don't even think they should
1: close it off because of how good it looks right now
3: but board chair Stuart mckinnon disagrees you know
1: they were out after the event picking garbage but they left it in a big pile in one spot they didn't have a sanitation company come and take it that came at the taxpayers expense for a city crew to come in here at one o'clock in the morning and pick up the mountains of garbage
3: mckinnon admits the decking made a difference though he says water was pooling beneath it Ultimately, the board is anxious to see 420 held elsewhere. They
1: call it a demonstration. They call it a protest. I call it a trade show. It's not about marijuana. It's about the appropriate use of our park space. And this really isn't an appropriate use. 420 is just like the Pride Parade. We're on the right side of history, just like the Pride Parade people were. And so we hope to one day be treated the way they are.
3: No word from the city on whether that will be the case once new cannabis legislation is in place. That is your global news. Family and friends growing increasingly concerned about a
2: woman who disappeared from New Westminster. 58-year-old Kathleen Stimson has not been seen since Thursday afternoon near Moody Park. She doesn't have the medication she needs to take three times a day. She might also appear confused or disoriented. She is a diabetic. Stimson is known to use public transit and may be in Vancouver somewhere. Now, she was wearing dark jeans and brown leather shoes when she went missing.
3: She may be trying to escape to somewhere that's quiet, uh, so perhaps keeping an eye out in women's washrooms. Uh, We think that she may be traveling on the SkyTrain or the Canada Line. So if you see her on the train or at the stations, please call 911 right away with her location. If she's approached, she may try to leave or hide.
2: A BC-born RCMP officer killed in a tragic accident in Nunavut was laid to rest in Duncan today. First responders lined the highway as constable Graham Holmes was brought home to the Cowichan Valley 10 days ago. The 30-year-old RCMP officer was stationed in Nunavut when he died in an off-duty snowmobiling accident earlier this month. Holmes was raised in the Cowichan Valley and had served with the RCMP since 2009. He's been remembered as a true adventurer who loved camping, surfing and travelling. And an Alberta man has died in a snowmobiling accident on Boulder Mountain, about four kilometres west of Revelstoke. Two snowmobilers were heading down the mountain yesterday morning when one crossed in front of the other. They collided. No injuries to one sledder. The other, though, died on scene. In the Okanagan, a landslide threat is forcing district officials near the communities of Osoyoos and Oliver to order, order dozens of homeowners and residents to evacuate this weekend. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan reports.
5: Dozens of residents in the Soyuz area got a knock on their door after nine o'clock last night, and they were told they had to leave their homes. The evacuation order was issued because of a possible landslide in Inconique Creek. And that prompted concerns about what that might mean for downstream residents.
4: So we're just at home relaxing and all of a sudden uh, our doorbell starts ringing vigorously and the guy's on the door says, we got to get out of here. So it was a little bit confusing. and. Uh uh, you know, we didn't have full information on what was going on. I was already
0: in bed and, yeah, so jumped up and, yeah. I just
3: knew it would be bad news because, uh, you know, that late at night, Yeah, you know, somebody at your door banging. You know. So it was a little scary.
5: Then this morning, 33 properties near Oliver were given an evacuation order as well. It was in the Sportsman Bowl Road area. It was an area that officials had been watching very closely and they say there was an immediate threat to life safety due to flooding. Emergency social services have been set up in the area and residents are being directed to the appropriate centre. Around 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, the evacuation order for nearly 200 residents in the Osoyoos area was completely rescinded and they were allowed to return to their homes. Shortly afterwards, some residents in the Oliver area were allowed to return as well, although they still remain on alert. Jules Knox, Global News, near Osoyoos. A small
2: but vocal crowd holding a rally in Burnaby today against so-called renovictions and demovictions. Stop renovictions! Stop demovictions! Stop demovictions! The group were marching through the Metrotown area, the activists saying there's a growing loss of low-income housing in the neighbourhood and across Metro Vancouver. They're calling on emergency provincial regulations to declare rental apartments as protected housing stock. They also want rent increase between tenancies outlawed.
6: It's an ongoing crisis, I would frame it as the city of Barnaby is systematically destroying the highest concentration of affordable low end of market rental apartment buildings in Metro Town, and they're at a point when they passed a mass upzoning development plan nine months ago and already we've seen over 500 units of housing start their process of being demolished which is over a thousand people already and we're looking at probably over 7,000 people.
2: A West Vancouver man has been charged in connection with a shocking crash that was caught on surveillance video last year. 48-year-old William Charlton McKechnie is facing one count of failing to stop at the scene of an accident involving bodily harm. Last June, a cyclist suffered broken bones and a concussion after he was hit by a truck in West Vancouver. McKechnie did turn himself into police after a plea from the public. There's now going to be a trial in North Vancouver Provincial Court in October. Some good news tonight about an Okanagan boy who's been fighting for his life at Vancouver's Children's Hospital. The four-year-old is now recovering after contracting a potentially deadly blood infection. Our Jill Bennett now has an update with a warning that this story does include some graphic images. Gee.
7: This is the first time four-year-old Evan has been outside in days, and seeing him act like a kid is a giant relief for his mom.
8: If you look at where he was when we first arrived here, and now four weeks or five weeks later, I think he has done way more than what anybody expected him to do, even myself.
7: Evan was airlifted from Kelowna to B.C. Children's Hospital three weeks ago. After starting to have flu-like symptoms, he deteriorated, developing sepsis, blood poisoning that turned parts of his body black
8: from shoulders down to his fingertips were black on both sides and from knees down were black he is now uh just his fingers on his arms are black so all fingertips except for thumbs
7: evan continues to improve he's learning to walk again but has a lengthy road of rehab ahead he'll also lose several fingers
8: he's still scared and he's still confused and obviously he's not totally aware of everything that's going on but improving
7: sepsis an infection usually caused by bacteria in the blood is rare in bc even more so in children it's not known why some are more susceptible than others but there are signs parents can watch for well, If
4: they feel really cold and clammy if they're not acting the same if they're really lethargic um, if, they, if their skin if there's a new rash that's spreading or changing in a quick time frame if any of those things happen call 911.
7: Dr. Murthy says treatment needs to be started as soon as possible and children up to date on vaccinations are better protected.
6: So you're more susceptible to bacteria in general if your child isn't vaccinated.
7: Shashakli had never heard of sepsis a few weeks ago. She says she's overwhelmed by the support for her son and she's looking forward to putting it behind them.
8: I'm going home with my kid you know missing fingers or not I get to go back to my life and we get to start over again you know we get a second chance
7: jill bennett global news a Pitt
2: meadows woman who nearly died from a strep infection has been helping to kick off ball hockey season our special honoured guest tonight danielle linfoot linfoot the guest of honor for a ceremonial ball drop at the ridge meadows ball hockey opening celebration last night She survived the infection but lost both her hands and feet. After months in hospital, she came home just before Christmas and says she's making small but important steps in her
3: recovery. Everything's been an adjustment. It's definitely been different being at home and having to get used to My house is not wheelchair accessible, so just little things having to get used to and having to build in there. We just recently had an elevator built and we're looking to get a few more modifications done to make life a little easier for me and for Sean helping me.
2: Now, if you're not happy with your cell phone service provider, you're not alone. Canada's telecom mediator is seeing a soaring number of wireless complaints. Kristen Robinson now explains the reasons behind the spike and what the most common customer beefs are.
4: You can get mad at one and then switch to the other and you're going to have the same problems.
2: When it comes to cell phone
9: providers, it's hard to ring in satisfaction.
5: Not enough data. The constant re and trying to re- and upsell you stuff, I think that's definitely one of my bigger beefs.
9: Those wireless whines being heard in increasing volumes by the Commission for Complaints for Telecom Television Services, as more Canadians learn about the organization's role as a mediator in dispute resolution. Between August 1st of last year and January 31st of this year, the CCTS received more than 6,800 beefs from the public, a 73% spike over the same time last year.
6: I think that um, you know the, co- the competitive nature of the, that business maybe gets uh, service providers a little anxious to get their offers out there, and I think uh, we see a lot of complaints for that reason.
9: More than half of those complaints involve the country's big three wireless carriers, Bell Canada receiving more than 2,200 or 33% of all complaints, Rogers coming in second with 700 or 10%, and tell us earning more than 500 or 7.5 percent. The top three complaints: not disclosing contract terms or misleading information, incorrect charges, and poor service.
5: Sometimes they
6: will not warn us and just charge us.
5: I think you're paying too much, like a long long distance fees and everything like that. It should actually be, and you know, it should be a lot cheaper for us. They charge
1: uh, <laughs> uh, randomly, and even for sec- they t- say something else and do
6: something else. The complaints that can't be resolved, um, we projected that the number of those would go up, but not as much as it did. So we've been busily bringing in uh, more resources, uh, more staff, and uh, we're a bit behind. Still,
9: more than 90% of complaints successfully resolved. For their part, Bell says its cut of overall complaints continues to decrease more quickly than its competitors. Rogers focusing on being clear, simple, and fair in every interaction. Tellus's ultimate goal, to bring complaints down to zero. Kristen Robinson, Global News.
2: A thief in Aldergrove stooping to a new low overnight. Surveillance cameras capturing someone in a hoodie, walking up to a doorstep near 269 and 26A Avenue around 2.30 this morning. The alleged thief quickly grabbing a bunch of items before taking off. Robin Edwards then shared this footage on Facebook with a caption... My 70-year-old mother-in-law would like her orthotics back, please. If you recognize the suspects, you're being asked to call Langley RCMP. Welcome back. Well, the public's getting a first glimpse at Vancouver's proposed design for the $25 million Arbutus Greenway. The concept for the nine-kilometer green transportation corridor features eight character zones, including Electric Alley between West Broadway to West 16th Avenue. The design... They say integrates walking, cycling and future streetcar paths with a mix of vibrant public spaces and areas where people can just chill out and relax. The city hoping the Greenway, which links False Creek to the Fraser River, will bring in experience similar to the Seawall.
1: It's the easiest ride from one side of town to the other. And and it's very attractive.
9: We're starting to use it because we live in
0: Carisdale, and it's just a game changer.
1: Well, this is the first of three public open houses. There's an opportunity online if you can't make the open houses. And then staff are going to bring all the the, uh, information and public feedback to uh, a council report that's going to summarize the design vision and, and have a proposed implementation strategy. And so that'll come in the summer.
2: Now, one of the biggest Sikh celebrations outside of India is happening in Surrey right now. From the air, you can see why there are major road closures in the city today. About half a million people enjoying the annual Visakhi celebrations, which celebrates the birth of the Sikh religious identity. As Julia Foy now reports, this year there's been a push to be a little more green.
0: Surrey's Visakhi parade is focused on three main goals. A celebration of faith, festivities, and free food. It's a cream of wheat uh, with uh, sugar, water, and lots of love. But with upwards of half a million people expected to attend this important spring event in the Sikh calendar, there's a lot of garbage generated. Estimates run as high as 20 tons. That's why brothers Sarbjeet and Baljeet Singh Sabharwal decided to do something about it. Well, we're
1: trying to get rid of the foam and plastic and the the serving of the food.
0: The brothers have been lobbying vendors to use food bowls and plates made of paper or sugarcane stalks instead of foam and plastic.
1: Once an awareness happens of any kind, what happens is you take that, that that sort of knowledge to every aspect of your life, and then you start thinking that you know we can actually make more change than just ourselves. and we encourage other people as well,
0: well, we did see a number of foam or plastic products. It wasn't hard to find others using the greener plates, too. It's not that hard because we we care about the environment, so we want to make sure that, uh,
1: you know, we can continue this in the future. You know, we go
6: through thousands, but they're going to compost uh, much better than right? Versus foam being in the landfills for years.
0: Visitors seem to appreciate the effort. That is awesome. But people will use it if it's priced, if they can afford to do so.
3: So it's good green. I would rather be a lot more green than just stay with the paper.
0: Vasaki is also a celebration of the birth of the Sikh religion and the reason their identity is linked to turbans and swords. The brothers hope to mark this important day by helping the community reduce the impact on the environment at the largest celebration outside of India.
1: We're just really happy that our entire, envir- entire sorry, community has gotten behind this. And if they don't make the change this year, we're going to be back again next year. And the year after, and the year after, hopefully we'll get this solved within a five-year span. Is what our
0: goal is. Julia Foy, Global News.
2: Looks good. Fantastic. Yeah, Mm -hmm. hopefully, um, if you did go, uh, you were fed well, because there's
0: lots of fantastic food. It looks like people
4: were. There seems to be an abundance. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. And a lot of sugary stuff. It's always (laughs) really, really good. All right, what's happening? uh, Certainly, it was a very, very sunny day, and... It's, like, just never-ending for a few days, I hear.
6: <laughs> it feels like we haven't had this in a while, and that's true. We haven't seen temperatures on the rise. Uh, the return for some sunshine even more on the way when we get in towards tomorrow. Here's a look at our current tower cam shot and what it looks like, so fantastic. More sunshine will be on tap, but the big weather story that we are following are the temperatures. They'll be on the rise into the low 20s for many areas, including us across the lower mainland and the south coast. So how warm will it will be and how long will it last? We'll have that coming up very shortly. All right, thanks very much for that, Yvonne and
2: Barry. What have you
4: got for Well, it's that time of the first round of the playoffs where you know teams are facing eliminations. So uh, one more team has moved on to the second round. A couple others uh, fighting for their uh, playoff lives. So we'll fill you in on that. And the Hamburglar is back. Do you remember him, Andrew Hammond? He's from uh, South Surrey, White Rock area. A few years ago. Went on a big run with the Ottawa Senators, and uh, his last name's Hammond, but they, someone mm-hmm. threw a cheeseburger on the ice, oh. and they kind of got, they called him the hamburger. He hadn't kind of been uh, doing a whole lot in the NHL the last few years, been in the minors, but he had his chance last night with Colorado, and he was amazing. The Hamburglar stole one. So we'll have a look back at that. That's a great story. I love that.
2: Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, great nickname. All right. uh, Still ahead tonight as well. Happy birthday, Your Majesty. The oldest and longest serving monarch, Queen Elizabeth II, turning 92. Welcome back. Well, the last funeral for victims of the Humboldt bus crash was held today. Community members, friends and family gathering this afternoon in Strasbourg, a small Saskatchewan town to remember assistant coach Mark Cross. The 27-year-old being remembered as a hard worker and team leader who led others by example. Before he coached, Cross played in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, spending most of his time with the Estevan Bruins. He also spent five seasons playing for the Lions at York University, where he got his degree. 16 people were killed in the Humboldt Broncos crash. Six people are still in hospital, two in a critical condition. Overseas, North Korea appears to be stepping back from the brink of nuclear confrontation. The country's dictator announcing a suspension of missile and nuclear tests, as well as the closure of a key nuclear facility.
10: The news came with the fanfare North Korea saves for the most important moments. A suspension of nuclear and missile tests and the closing of a nuclear test site. 14 ballistic missile tests since President Trump took office, each one inching the world closer to war. Now, Kim Jong-un says those provocations are a thing of the past, with a major caveat. The announcement promising the suspension will continue as long as there's no nuclear threat and provocation against the North. And no mention that North Korea has any intention of giving up its nuclear weapons, which experts say now number up to 20. Even so, the announcement was welcomed around the world. President Trump tweeting the European Union and Britain saying it's a positive step and praise from South Korea, whose president will have his own summit with Kim next week. Moon Jae-in floating the possibility of a peace treaty with the North. A dramatic shift for two countries officially still at war. In the coming days, the spotlight will be turned right here, one of the most heavily fortified and dangerous borders in the world. Preparations already underway at Peace House, in the demilitarized zone where Kim and Moon will meet next Friday.
4: We'll have to see what
10: the North Koreans are asking for, and we'll have to see whether they're interested in denuclearization. An end to the war would be a dream come true for Park Chong soo who fled North Korea when she was a young girl just after the war. Do you trust Kim Jong-un to negotiate for peace? We have to trust him, she says. The generation has changed.
2: More than a thousand people at a Houston church today for the funeral of former First Lady Barbara Bush.
1: We learned to strive to be genuine and authentic by the best role model in the world.
2: Former Florida Governor Jeb Bush remembering his mother in his eulogy. She was married to former President George Bush for 73 years and will be buried in his presidential library. While Donald Trump didn't attend, his wife Melania was there sitting alongside former Presidents Barack Obama and Bill Clinton as well as former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Burnaby's Michael J. Fox is recovering from spinal surgery. A spokesperson for the actor said his outlook is good and the procedure is unrelated to his Parkinson's disease. The 56-year-old recently cancelled an upcoming appearance at an entertainment expo in Calgary. Besides the Back to the Future franchise, Fox, of course, known for his work on Family Ties, Spin City and The Good Wife. He also recently guest starred in the TV show Designated Survivor. The actor, famous for playing Mini-Me, has died at the age of 49. Mm -hmm. Vern Troyer worked alongside Mike Myers in Austin Powers. Troyer had bouts of alcoholism and depression. In a statement, his family wrote, You never know what kind of battle someone is going through inside. Be kind to one another. In Health Matters, the latest research shows a link between frequent marijuana use and lower cognitive brain function in young adults. Researchers reviewed nearly 70 studies from more than four decades. Fortunately, it also found that when people stop using cannabis, the effects do fade over time.
1: You're watching Global
4: News hour at 6.
2: Welcome back. Music lovers around the globe celebrating the 11th annual Record Store Day. In Vancouver, tons of music fans at Red Cat Records where they had live music, free vinyl, special limited releases and concert tickets too. Record Store Day celebrating independent record stores and putting the spotlight on vinyl culture at a time, of course, when digital rules everything.
1: A lot of people getting more excited about buying albums again, listening to an album in its entirety as opposed to, you know, an iPod iPod full of twenty-six thousand songs and they're not really like committing or settling to something. So we see people wanting to like cover the it physical item, bring it home, listen to it, and really like they come in and tell me like, hey, I I, I was so relaxed. I sat down,
2: I listened to an album front to back, it was great. That makes me very happy, Yvonne. You know what I am? I'm a vinyl girl, and um, there's something about that little hiss you hear when you put the stylus down, which cleans up on CDs and everything. (laughs) It's so
6: good. You need to keep them all. Yes. You need to keep what you have. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, now, right. it's pretty sunny out there. Good day to listen to music outside. Absolutely, and looking ahead towards the sun run for tomorrow. Have that full forecast in just a moment, and it's also Earth Day tomorrow. First off, though, here's a look at our tower cam shot. We've had a few clouds. Uh, it'll be a nice clearing on the way for tomorrow, and we will be underneath a mainly sunny sky. Temperatures are currently sitting at 11 degrees. The wind's out of the southwest at 17 kilometers per hour. Our high today was closer to 13 for most areas inland, 15 and up to 16 degrees is Close to the average for this time of the year that sits at 14 and a record of 20 degrees. Here's what we are seeing in terms of a few other numbers across the province with Kamloops today up to 14 degrees, areas near Cranbrook at 11. A today climbed up to 17 degrees and a high of 14 for Victoria. Your current temperature along the North Shore Mountains at 11 degrees, 13 for areas near Burnaby, similar for Delta, Surrey, White Rock currently sitting at 12 degrees and areas into the valley with 12 for Chilliwack, Abbotsford and closer to hope as well. Current temperatures at 11 for Quesnel, Prince George at 9, Comox at 12, and Whistler currently sitting at 8 degrees. We still do have windy conditions across the central and southern half of the province. Most areas, though, will start to see the winds ease off, especially late this evening and overnight. It'll be much calmer tomorrow and the return for some sunshine. What we are looking, the big weather feature that we're following, ridge of high pressure will be in place. It'll be very strong. It'll develop over the next few days. Strengthen even looking ahead towards midweek onwards especially for interior sections, and most areas across the south coast, inland sections, will see our temperatures bumping into the low 20s. One area across the province, however, will be the north coast, coastal sections with the chance of showers. Most areas across the central and southern half of the province will be basking in sunshine and dry conditions. For the peace tomorrow, temperatures will be up to 19 degrees, back into the double digits for both your Monday, Tuesday. Whitehorse up to 6 degrees. A slight chance to see some isolated showers will be for the evening hours, and then a clearing once again on Monday. One area across the province, coastal sections, will be hanging on to a chance of showers over the next few days. Areas near Prince Rupert today with highs of 9 degrees. Caribou and in central interior, the winds this evening still with gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour starting to taper off. Temperatures will be up to 8. Degrees for tomorrow. Columbia and Kootenai region, chilly for the evening and overnight, closer to the freezing mark with the risk of frost, and then rebounding tomorrow with temperatures up to 14. Thompson Okanagan, gusty winds up to 50 kilometres per hour this evening, up to 14 as your high for tomorrow. A range in temperatures between Whistler tomorrow, 10 and up to 14 on Monday and Tuesday. Across the island, we're looking to see temperatures at 13 degrees. For tomorrow, Earth Day, and for the sun run, we'll see a range in temperatures with that sunshine between 14 and up to 16 degrees. And a look at our numbers, I wanted to show you this. The trend over the next few days will be on the rise in terms of our temperatures, especially midweek onwards for the interior sections. And a range for us Monday, Tuesday inland up to 19 degrees. Wednesday, Thursday, with temperatures closer to 23 and 24 degrees. It'll get balmy. Sonia.
2: Oh, cannot wait. Thank you very much for that good news, everyone. All right. Anybody who has ever lost and found their pet knows that the ordeal can be an emotional roller coaster. You can only hope that that ride ends with some furry snuggles. As Global's Joel Senek now reports, it's social media that is helping making all of that happen.
1: In a dog park, this scene is okay. But when man's best friend gallops away from home, a frantic search follows. And these days, it can extend much further than a sign on a post. Everyone spends time on Facebook every day. Everyone spends time on some form of social media. Which is where Taylor Brown went after a neighbor reached out to him about a stray dog in their community. I posted it up here. On social media, he asked if anyone had lost a dog in Coventry Hills. I think grand total of 45 minutes before the guy found me, and then uh, an hour later he had his dog back. The Calgary Humane Society says these reunions rooted in social media are becoming more common. There are specific pages online devoted to returning lost pets to their owners.
4: Having the social media aspect creates a farther reach, more eyes and more awareness.
1: But that doesn't mean you should skip contacting official organizations like the Humane Society or the city's Animal Services Centre.
4: If you're only posting on social media... There's lots of people in our community that aren't on social media, so um, your animal might be with your neighbor who's not on social media.
1: However, Brown is glad his online post brought this little guy back to his ecstatic owner. It hugely shows the power of social media that, like I said, in a grand total less than two hours, we had a dog found and back in its owner's possession. Joel Senek, Global News.
4: Global BC and Haida Tourism are giving you the chance to win an amazing Ocean House large getaway. Today's code word is ADVENTURE. Enter at globalnews.ca. <laughs> All
2: right, lots of sports to get through with Barry. What
4: do you got for us? Yeah, lots of uh, hockey going on. Fun, uh-huh. fun times. All right, thanks, Sonia. Despite having a uh, record-setting regular season, the Toronto Maple Leafs have to win tonight or they start summer vacation early. Leafs have looked a step slower than the Bruins this series, but... Toronto does have the ability to crank it up a few notches. They better get started soon. Good news: Nazem Kadri back in the lineup after serving a three-game suspension. Patrice Bergeron returns for the Bruins after missing Game Four with an injury. Leafs get off to a good start. They had to have Austin Matthews with the wraparound attempt bunted in there by Connor Brown. One nothing Leafs. Then it's Kadri, beautiful saucer pass to Andreas Janssen. The Leaf rookie coming through, and right now, Toronto looking good, up 4-1 in the second, but still a long way to go. Game five, Lightning and Devils. Tampa with a chance to advance to the second round, and they get off to a good start. First period, Mikhail Sergachev with the screen wrister. Corey Schneider did not see it coming. one nothing Lightning. It stays that way until the third, and Tampa gets a similar goal. This one from Nikita Kucherov. Beating Schneider, who was outstanding. He did his best to keep the Devils close, but now they're down 2-0. Devils do get a late one. Patrick Maroon will get a piece of the Kyle Palmieri slapper there to make it 2-1. But that's all they got. Ryan Callahan seals the deal with the empty netter. 3-1 the final. Tampa moving on to the second round where they will play the winner of the Toronto-Boston series. Caps and Blue Jackets. Game five from Washington. The road team has won all four games so far. Series tied two apiece. Second period, 2-1 Caps. Matt Calvert mishandles or misfires on the initial shot, but then does the a backhander for a great goal. Ties it at two But for the end of the period. T.J. Oshie with the quick hands. Deflects the John Carlson slapper. 3-2 Capitals. Actually, a lot of deflection goals coming up in this series. Oliver Bjorkstrand with the tip here to tie it up 3-3. The goalies are so good in the playoffs, it's pretty much the only way you beat most of them. Fourth time in five games, we need overtime. Carlson robbed by Bobrovsky. Huge save. Washington dominated OT, and they get rewarded. Nicholas Backstrom with the deflection. Waist-high deflection there. It's a good goal. 4-3 the final, so the Caps lead the series now 3-2. Game 6 in Columbus on Monday. There's been a hamburgerler uh, sighting in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Not that hamburgerler, this hamburgerler. White Rock's Andrew Hammond pretty much single handedly stole one for the Colorado Avalanche last night in Game 5 in Nashville, but. That's what the hamburger does, doesn't he? He steals. Hammond's been out of the spotlight the last couple of years after his incredible run three years ago in Ottawa. But injuries in the Colorado goal crease meant Hammond gets another chance and he is making the most of it. Just Hammond's third NHL appearance since January, traded to the Avs in that three-way deal involving Matt Duchesne and Kyle uh, Turris. Avalanche had to win to keep their season alive, and Hammond was sensational, just like he was in Ottawa three years ago. It was tied 1-1 late in the third, thanks to Hammond, when Sven Andragetto gave the Avs a 2-1 lead. Hammond had to make one more huge save late. 44 stops on this night, his first career playoff victory. What a great story for Hammond. Game six tomorrow in Denver, and of course, Hamburgler will try to steal another one for the Avalanche. Baseball now, Jays and Yankees from the Bronx. Marcus Stroman was sailing along until a two-out walk in the third, and then Aaron Judge delivers judgment, clobbers one to left, two-run homer, two nothing New York. Sixth inning, two-one Yankees or three-one at this point. Look at this play by Stroman. Bases loaded, gloves it home for the force, but Luke Maley dropped it. It's an error to the catcher, and that opened the floodgates. Miguel Andujar steps up and cranks a three run double as the Yankees got seven in the sixth, beat the Jays 9 1. But Toronto still a very strong 13 7 record through 20 games this season. NBA playoffs, game four. Kelly Olynyk and the Miami Heat trying to even their series with Philadelphia. Tight game late. Ben Simmons with the throwdown, 102 99, Philly. Veteran Dwayne Wade keeping the Heat close. Hits the little turnaround jumper here to cut it to one. But Philly had the answer. Not Allen Iverson kind of answer, but this kind of answer. J.J. Redick, second Sixers win at 106-102. They lead the series 3-1. Olenek no points in just nine minutes for the Heat. In the west, Minnesota Timberwolves trying to get on the board against the top-seeded Rockets. Minnesota's first home playoff game since 2004. Andrew Wiggins had a big first quarter, 10 points, including that deep three. James Harden answering for the Rockets. It was 52-51 Minnesota at the half, but the T-Wolves dig in and pull away in the third quarter. Starts with some defense from Wiggins with the block. Jeff Teague scoring here on the layup right now, 99-87 Minnesota midway through the fourth. Still to come, we'll check in with the Lions who are just a month away from CFL training camp and we'll revisit the Whitecaps' disastrous night in Sporting Kansas City where they suffered the worst loss in their MLS history. Stay with us. Welcome back. CFL training camps are just a month away. The Lions will be in Kamloops again this year, but it'll be a time where Wally Buono will really have to get to know his players as quickly as possible in his final season as head coach. New GM Ed Hervey has made massive changes on both sides of the ball, trying to turn the fortunes of a team that missed the playoffs for the first time in 20 years in 2017.
1: You no, know, We're excited for the changes, and uh, you know we're excited to the fact that Uh, The coaches are going to be in uh, next week. We're going to have, you know, a three-day, you know, workout here. And uh, we're going to get to see a lot of the young, uh, new uh, nucleus of players that are going to come to training camp. So, you know, it's a time of year now where, you know, football is a month away. We go to Kamloops, I think, on May 18th. We play our first, uh, you know, uh, preseason June 1st. And our home opener is June 16th. So, you know, it's that time of year where, uh, you know, you can start smelling football.
4: You can if you really try. Uh, After such a bright start to the season, the Whitecaps have hit the skids in a hurry. They've now dropped three straight, punctuated by last night's embarrassing 6-0 defeat at Sporting Kansas City, the most lopsided loss in the Caps' eight-year MLS history. Caps were never in this one. They were down by two goals quite early. And then Jimmy Madronda with a bullet under the bar. Fantastic shot. And everything Kansas City put towards the net. Found the back of the net. It gets worse. Kendall Waston with the late challenge. Now, he didn't make contact there. Still got a yellow card, and he was upset with the sporting player. He let him know it. He's over top of him, telling him, and that led to pushing and shoving. And then hands to the face. Ultimately, two red cards versus the Caps. Jordy Reyna and Efren Juarez. Caps down to nine men for the duration. Sporting probably should have had a guy tossed as well, but they didn't. And the Whitecaps suffered the consequences. 48th minute, Johnny Russell, the Scott, with his third goal of the game. 6-0 the final. Worst loss in Caps MLS history. Afterwards, Carl Robinson tried to make some sense of it all. Not good enough. Not acceptable. Um, embarrassing. Uh, let the players know. Um, but we've got to brush ourselves down quickly because we've got a game on Friday. We've got to stick together in times like this. It's easy when you're doing well and when things are against you. And I certainly think that everything went against us today from from the early miss uh, to some of the refereeing decisions. But we we didn't help ourselves. We we lose two men in an incident, which they started. um, But we've got to be better than that. All right, FA Cup semifinal, over 93,000 at Wembley to see Manchester United and Tottenham. Ten minutes in, Spurs get on the board. Christian Eriksen to Deli Ali, One nil. Spurs in front. They try to get to the FA Cup final. Calls for a little celebration. United, though, draw even. Paul Pogba pushes his way onto the ball, finds Alexis Sanchez, who contorts his body and slams that one home for the goal. to tie at 1-1 at the half, second half. This time Sanchez starts the play and it's Ander Herrera who runs onto it and drills it in for the game winner. 2-1 the final. United off to its 20th FA Cup final. Spurs losing the semis for the eighth straight year. The Copa del Rey from Spain. Barcelona and Sevilla. Barcelona was bounced from the Champions League but they weren't going to be denied their Domestic Cup Championship. 14th minute, Barcelona goalkeeper Jasper Sillison with a perfect long ball. Coutinho to Luis Suarez, and it's 1-0 Barcelona. Then it's Jordi Alba. Back heel for Lionel Messi. Won't miss from there. It's 2-0. So many huge superstars on this Barcelona team. Second half, now 3-0, and it's another beauty. Messi to Andreas Iniesta, who makes a slick move. Barcelona With authority, win their record 29th Copa del Rey, 5-0 over Sevilla. And we'll finish with a little golf. Third round of the Valero Texas Open from San Antonio. Trey Mullinax with a record-setting day. After holing out for Eagle on 14, chips in for a birdie on 16, gets to 7-under for the day. After another birdie on 17, par 5, 18th, reached it in two. This is for Eagle. That's his second Eagle of the back nine, a course record 62. Mullinax had the lead at 12 under par. But Zach Johnson from 20 feet at the 15th for birdie. He would eventually get it to 13 under par, co-leading with Andrew Landry, one ahead of Mullinax. Top Canadian David Hearn at five under. We'll have the final round right here on Global tomorrow at 12.30.
2: All right. You All right, you guys, something to think about during the break. What do you get the Queen for her birthday? It's a tough Pearls? one, isn't it? No, I guess yeah, it probably has a lot of them. A lot of jewellery. Uh, we're hopping over to London in a second to find out what happened. Uh, be right back. All right, finally tonight, a very special birthday celebration going on in London, England today.
6: Tonight, we are celebrating the Queen's birthday. But your majesty, if you do not mind me saying, you are not someone who is easy to buy gifts for.
2: <laughs> Prince Harry cracking a joke at a special concert marking his grandmother's 92nd birthday. The concert for Queen Elizabeth II at Royal Albert Hall, featuring performances from Sting, Tom Jones, and Kylie Minogue. Prince Charles and Prince William also there tonight.
4: Would you all give Her Majesty three unbelievably rousing cheers on her birthday? Hip, hip, hip. <laughs> oh charles
2: oh nicely done (laughs) charles the queen celebrating two birthdays every year her actual birthday on april 21st which is today which usually marks privately with her family and her official birthday of course is in the summer Uh, and she is the world's longest Mm. reigning living monarch charles knows that happy birthday
4: that's, uh, how did, what did Charles say again? Hip hip.
2: He said hip hip parade. What he hooray. didn't say is when am I going to be king? Like,
4: but yeah. Which mean, is what we're all thinking. Patience. <laughs> patience.
2: patience yeah, he's still got to be patient. All right. We're going to leave you tonight with some pictures of uh, the Visaki uh, parade that happened in Surrey. The biggest in the world outside of uh, India. Good night.